welcome to How I Got Hired. This is the podcast to inspire ambitious professionals just like yourself to find that job you love or completely reinvent your career. I am your host, Sonal Behel, founder of Supercharge and career strategist. And every week, I hold a conversation with ordinary people from around the world who've had extraordinary success. And the idea is that you learn from them and their career and how they got hired. And today, I am speaking with Samantha McKenna. Samantha is an award-winning sales leader and highly sought-after speaker. I heard of Samantha through two people who have incidentally also been on the podcast, Lauren Grice and Amy Wallace. So for me, S is for Samantha. This is a little alphabet lesson. S is for Samantha, S is for sales, and S is for show me you know me. This is a tenet and principle that I've been using for over a year and I did not know this, but this was originally coined by Samantha on LinkedIn. So Samantha's had a stellar career working at completely diverse places, Disneyland, LinkedIn, like so many others, and is now the creator of Hashtag Sam Sales Consulting and is also a LinkedIn sales navigator expert. So we're going to learn how she navigated this journey and all the lessons so you can apply them directly in your own career. So let's get started. Sam, very warm welcome. Thank you so much for having me. First of all, let's just talk about how fabulous your accent is. Like I could listen to you talk all day. I love it. But thank you for the, thanks for the kind introduction and thanks for having me on. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you. It's an Indian accent. I can't say where it comes from. (laughs) Thank you. So, you know, we're going to get cracking, Sam. And before we get talking about career and all the good stuff, I want to talk about this one little job that you held that a little bird tells me about, and it's not even on LinkedIn. So (laughs) talk to us about that, because I believe that's one of your early jobs and how you got hired there. Oh my gosh. So uh, right as I was graduating college, I got hired by a place called the Container Store. And for anybody in the United States, particularly people who are super organized, right? You know the store. You're probably like, oh, just thinking about it, right? You walk in and you have these dreams and these aspirations of total organization, which of course never translate at home, but we can dream, right? Yeah. So I was just finishing college, probably in the, one of the last few weeks of a great class that I had, and I read about the container store. So I went to Florida State University. It's in Tallahassee, Florida, and I knew I was moving to Atlanta afterwards. I didn't have a job. I didn't have an apartment, but I knew that that's where I wanted to live. And so I read why, about this why, Sorry, why of all the places Atlanta? <laughs> Um, you know, on a, to be totally transparent, every boyfriend that I had in college lived in Atlanta. I had three of them in college, full disclosure. And I just fell in love with that city. And I knew I just knew I wanted to live there afterwards. So it was it was like my goalpost to get there. And um, I read about the container store and this book all about great customer service. And I was so inspired by what they did. I'm not kidding you. I left class. I got in the car. I drove four hours to Atlanta. I walked into one of the locations that used to be in Buckhead. I found the manager and I said, you have to hire me. I just read about you in this book. I I'm so in love with everything that you guys do from a customer service perspective. I I can't not work here. What, what do I need to do to get hired in this store? And I think he was just, Jonathan was his name. I still remember him. I think he was so stunned by it that he was like, don't, don't move. And so we kind of went through the interview process in the next couple of days, you know, that it was super, super fast. They offered me the job. Well, 
Come to find out, there's a really rigorous process to get hired there, which I didn't get to participate in at all. They make a call for people to come. You have to come and sit in a room. There's dozens and dozens of people. They vet you out and they go through interviews. And lo and behold, I was just like, I'm going to take this job. And I walked in and I said, hire me. You have to. And they did. <laughs> oh my God. I absolutely adore the story. First of all, <laughs> what guts? We're talking 21, 22 year old Sam. And oh, yeah. like, I'm going to do this. Like, you just know it's right for you. And when you know it's right for you, you're like, what's the worst that will happen? They'll say, no, but I have to go and, and give it a shot. So you totally. drive four hours, which is like, I'm <laughs> guessing like hundreds of kilometers, hundreds of miles. And yeah. you get there and you're talking to the manager and you don't like, I've read about you. You've read about the store. The manager's like, who is this person? What is she on? Like, and, and this is, I'm sure this is what happened, Sam. He must have been like, holy crap, this is refreshing. Right. Nobody, I, does that. nobody does right. that. The, the formal process you're talking about, the vetting and all of that. And then there's this parallel process. And, and you know, there's this hot debate on LinkedIn all the time. Hidden job market. It exists. It doesn't exist. Well, it exists. I mean, this was <laughs> not even advertised and there was right. no talk of budget. And they're like, we like her. We just So did they create a role for you, Sam? No. So I, I imagine that they had a role open or maybe they just found a way to stick me in, you know, maybe they did create a stick role for me and I had no idea. Right. Well, it's funny because I won't, I won't kill the punch of later of talking about how I got to LinkedIn, but how I got to LinkedIn was actually very similar. Mm-hmm. And I think what's really interesting about specifically the container store is, you know, the passion came through. We're all passionate about something. And I always say, you know, never chase the money do what you're passionate about. You know, that's what really comes out in you is that passion. And I think that that's probably what I saw was I was just so excited about the prospect of working for a store that's so clearly aligned with my values. And guys, we're talking about working for a retail store. I'm not talking about, you know, being the anchor of the Today Show or something. You know, anybody can apply for this. And I just, I knew I had to have it. Yeah, no, no. And the the, the thing that you're talking about, hunger, and I, I know that Amy Volas is a friend of yours, so shout yeah. out to her. So and, and she said this, uh, something very similar. She said, you can't teach people to care. Yeah. Either you do or you don't, right? And and totally. you were like, oh my god, I'm I'm obsessed, I'm passionate. Uh, <laughs> the joy, chase the joy, chase the passion, and all the other good stuff will follow. And and so, how long were you there, um, Sam? Oh my gosh, I think I ended up being there about a year, uh, about a year, and then I actually moved abroad. So I went abroad for about four years uh, and left this beloved job that I had <laughs> behind. Of course, it was one of two jobs that I had because there's no way you can pay rent by yourself in yeah. Atlanta on yeah. a retail salary. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, about, about a year. And okay. I'll tell you, even walking in there still to this day, it's been a little, it's been a little while since then. Um, still makes me some nostalgic just smelling the smell of the store. <laughs> yeah, no, I've been to the store in a, in a few cities a few times. Like you said, it brings out my organizational aspirations when I'm in the store. Uh, they translate, I think the moment I get into the car, they're like done <laughs> with, you so know, with the you. bags and the goodies. <laughs> so you talked about other positions that you've held after that, right? So yeah. let's talk about a few of those just before you started hashtag Sam sales. And if you yeah. had to look back and like pick one, which I know is not easy. And I know you hinted uh, at LinkedIn, but I want to know about one or two of them that have made a huge impact on your career, your values, and how you got hired there? Yeah, I think the, I should probably start at the beginning of my sales career. So um, how I got hired there was I actually transitioned when I moved to this, back to the States, um, I moved back to Washington, D.C. I've been here since about And you said you were abroad. Where were you? 
Uh, I lived in, actually, I lived in Korea for about seven months, and then I was in Germany. I'm originally from Switzerland, um, and so I had a chance to go back to Germany and be closer to family for a few years. So I was there for about three years, um, and then moved back to D.C. But it's interesting because I had I had one of my very first jobs, which was actually marketing. Um, of course, I don't I don't know half of what I should know for uh, from a marketing perspective, but it was in marketing. It was right at the the start of the crash of the, the financial crash in 2008 that I had this job. But while I had this job for a whopping three months, I got to interact with some of our really great clients that were there. And so I built relationships. I connected on LinkedIn. I made sure to send thank you notes after meeting them. I did all the little things that really bleed through everything that Sam Sales talks about. And about 90 days after that, things were getting so bad that of course I got pulled into HR at four o'clock on a Friday. And I'm like, this is probably Ooh. about some grand promotion. And they were like, we have to eliminate your position. They laid off so many people. It was miserable. But in my true networking self, one of the relationships I had built was with a gentleman named Paul Valella, who's here in DC. He owned a really successful recruiting company. And I had said, we should get lunch sometime. I'd love to know about your career. I'd love to know more about you, aka build a relationship. Hmm. And when I got laid off, uh, that lunch was supposed to be the next week. I told him, you know, I guess we can't meet anymore because I know I got laid off. And of course, patting my hair, pretending, you know, like, of course we can't meet. And of course he's like, I own a recruiting company. Yeah. You're, we, we're going to we, meet. Yeah. You're, you're, right? fresh, you're fresh meat. Like I want right, exactly. to meet. <laughs> exactly. And for someone again, passionate, who proactively reached out to him to schedule lunch, he was like, I have to place you. Um, and I got placed in my first sales job. And it's funny because I actually turned the job down. It was as an account manager. Yeah. And I just, I, I think I had the perception that a lot of people who are not in sales have, which is like ugh, sales, right? Like you mean like icky? Icky, yeah. It's like car salesman and <laughs> aggressive and slimy. And uh, and I said, I, you know, it's just not for me. And I remember the company came back and said, we really want to have you. Like, what's it going to take? So he did a little negotiation on salary, which was, you know, a whopping like three dollars at the time, and uh, got hired. But why would it was so impactful? Because the executive leadership team that I ended up having there, I was there for four years really invested in me. And I think that they just saw the potential that I had, taught me everything they knew about sales. They, you know, checked in on me frequently. They gave me so much guidance and I ingested that, applied it, executed it, and then said, okay, great. I've mastered this. What's next? Massive impact on my career. And it's also what led to my next job, which was before LinkedIn, which again, has a lot of the, the little Sam sales isms of success that led me to get that next job. Awesome. Awesome. We're going to get to LinkedIn in a second, but I want to uh, rewind something for our listener today. Uh, they invested so much in me. I ended up staying four years there. So this is a great, great uh Thing that you just said and anyone who's listening who belongs to a senior leadership team oh. it always comes back it beautifully comes back 10 times over uh and and uh, so worth it because we feel it we feel like we're grateful as employees when the company and the people they show that they care and going back when you said uh you know curious person i was like let's grab some lunch sometime with this guy paul yeah. That time when you scheduled lunch, you didn't know what was coming. And by the way, Friday afternoon, 4 p.m., there's only one. <laughs> if HR calls you, it is usually not a promotion. Not a good one. <laughs> <laughs> it's, not, it's not for a big promotion. Like it's you my said. Naive, naiveness of my early, oh, field, yeah. my early career. <laughs> I've, been, I've been through more than my share of those on the HR side and in the employee side. And yeah, you're right. It's not pretty. Uh, but sometimes we just have to go through it because there's so much good stuff on the other side. Yeah. And I love that when you scheduled lunch with him, it was just... 
hey, let's catch up. I want to learn about your career. There was no ulterior motive. Um, and relation to building, um, because the word you used was icky and um, it can feel that way when people are networking that, oh, this feels really icky and, you know, I don't want to do it. And um, you said no to them and they said, what is it going to take yeah. to make it a yes? That is powerful. Well, and I think it's also, again, you know, it's the passion that comes through. It's all the little steps of when you're even in that interview process from showing up on time, the questions that you bring to the table, sending thank you notes afterwards, which I know a lot of people think is a dated practice. It's a non-negotiable for me, even if it's a thank you email, right? Which I do both. I'll advocate that anybody sends a thank you email immediately after, like we're talking 60 minutes after the interview, and then to send a handwritten thank you note within 24 hours. But I think it was that part of it. And for me, you know, building that lunch with, you know, being able to book that lunch with Paul was really about getting to learn. He is a successful entrepreneur that's in DC. He's built an incredible business. We're still friends. Um, He's gone on to sell his company to a conglomerate. And now he runs a venture capital company in Washington, DC. How amazing is that? But to me, it was just a chance to learn. How did you build your career? What made you successful? What can I learn from you, right? And I think for us, you know, now kind of probably being in the same age range that he was at the time, when we see someone like that, who's so passionate, who's a go-getter, who just wants to learn from us, we're really eager to give back and help them. Exactly. And you're like, hey, you know, if I can just pass on a little bit of thing, a little something to this young, uh, you know, yeah. bright, bright eyed, blue eyed uh, little person, this will be <laughs> worth it. Like, you know, little, little mission. Uh, we all we all want to leave some sort of legacy. And uh, I, I also uh, want to highlight the other thing that you said, which was um, uh, I feel like I'm like this broken record because I've had so many guests talk about thank you notes. And yet, Sam, it is not done. Like it, oh I, I, I had a guest uh, whose uh, episode was published today and uh, she said and th- that made a huge difference. She was hired at Harvard Business School. She turned a no to a yes. And how was that? Thank you note. Um, and down the right, it was a still a no, but people yeah. remembered her because she kept in touch. And, and yet what she said was, she said less than two or 3% have ever even written, forget handwritten. They've even like <laughs> acknowledged that they met her the next day, like no email, nothing. Wham, bam. Thank you, ma'am. <laughs> oh my gosh. You're totally right. And I think like the, um, the thing that I find is interesting is specifically with interviews, we just, we don't see this, right? There's a total lack for that, but here's the kind of game changing play that I use that we teach at Sam sales. We talk about sending handwritten thank you notes. when we don't get our way. So when we don't get the job, when we don't get the deal, when we lose out to a competitor. What's amazing about that is when someone that was going to hire you or someone that was going to buy your technology or whatever it is that you sell gets and says no, and they go in a different direction, when they get a handwritten thank you note from you that says, thanks for even letting me be part of this process. Thanks for even considering me as an employee, us as a vendor, wish you the very best. If we can ever be of help in the future, let us know. People will just be stunned, right? They will, they'll be like, what is this? It's, and a, it's a class act. It's a class act, Sam. Um, right, sorry, you right. were saying. Mm-hmm. No, no. And but but they'll also think like, crap, did I make the wrong choice? Right. Yep. Because you're yep. you and the person they probably hired probably didn't even send a thank you note for getting the job yeah. or getting the business. Uh, really I love that. I love that. I had a I had a client, <laughs> I had a, a guest uh, back in May. She's one of the top 10 coaches in the world, like leadership coaches in the world. And she she graduated from Harvard Business School. Mm-hmm. And 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 she talked about uh so before Harvard it was Nebraska. So <laughs> interesting story. Uh-oh. She got rejected and she was heartbroken because she was like, this is the one. And she said, doesn't matter. This is the 80s. She wrote a thank you note. 
One month later, they got back to her and said, do you want the job? Uh, because the person we hired, it didn't work out. And she's oh. like, uh, I'd love to job, but why me? They're like, yeah. we remember, we remembered the, the thank you note. We remembered how kind you were and how considerate you were. So you have to introduce us. Right? It sounds gotta, like we're oh, yeah, the I, I will. I will 100% <laughs> and I will send you the episode. I think you'll enjoy it. Shout out to Brenda Benz. Uh, this is a such a great reminder to the listener. You know, it's never too late. If it's a yes, thank you. If it's a no, thank you. If it's a no, no not now. Thank you. you. (laughs) 100%. Beautiful, beautiful. beautiful. And um, so now we're going to fast forward to 2019, Sam. Hashtag Sam sales. So what made you start? What is the mission? And I can hear it in your voice. Why does it matter to you so much? This is a loaded Uh. question. And, and, And how did you get hired? You know, we all know the sales is the oxygen in any business. So how did you finally get hired by your very first paid client? Well, I think, you know, the, um, this is actually a timely conversation today. My, I lost my mom last year. Today's her birthday. And both she and my dad were both incredible entrepreneurs. And I think for me, I always thought about the idea of running my own business and how, you know, quote unquote, glamorous it would be to just get to run your own show. But I wasn't sure I was ever going to have the nerve to do it. And circumstances at LinkedIn offered me an opportunity to go and create my own business. So we're, again, weird timing. We're just about to get around to our two-year anniversary on September 5th. So we're all, all kinds of moments going on here. Um, but when we, when I had the chance to do that and said, okay, maybe I'm going to do this. Let me take some time off, you know, for the rest of the year. I'm going to enjoy the holidays. I'm not going to travel. And I'm going to just see, you know, what the next step looks like. When I announced this to my small, very small group of old clients and friends that I was just going to let, you know, know that I was taking this next step, they said, oh my God, we have to hire you. And it was just an immediate, we always think about what Sam sales would do. We have no idea what we're doing with our sales, with process, with hiring, with tactics. We don't know any of this, but you do. So would you come advise us, right? Can we hire you to give us direction and build a process for us? And I thought, I was, I was again, stunned, you know, overwhelmed by the demand. And so we built, you know, very small projects that for those last four months. In fact, I think we ended up with five or six clients by the end of the year. We had like $6,000 in receivables. Woo. Um, you know, but we, we, we start, out, everybody starts somewhere, somewhere. Right. And we just had a chance to see like, what can I manage by myself? And I never in my wildest dreams thought that it would grow to what it is today. I thought, well, I'll just have a handful of clients. I'll teach them all the things that I know. And I'll just keep doing that. But we did that a little bit. I really pushed the gas in terms of marketing and talking about what we did and why we're starting Sam sales and all that. And then it just started a floodgate. And so as we near two years, um, we'll, we'll have turned this business into a multi-million dollar business and with almost a hundred clients. So pretty, pretty darn proud of what we've, <laughs> what we've built over wow, here. From 6,000. Yeah. And, and now you have a team in place, you've got like employees and, um, and uh, yeah. it's a very, uh, I also like that it's very female driven, um, your team. Yeah. Yeah, our we we have every single person on our team is a is a female. Uh, we have a we have like a joking rule: um, no HR inquiries allowed. But we have a joking rule that we don't hire boys; no boys allowed. Diversity um, and inclusion. Uh, I know, right? Forget <laughs> it. Um, which is totally not true. Boys, please apply. Um, yeah. But I think you know we've we've been really lucky to build just this company with powerhouse women, right? That have yeah. had such incredibly diverse backgrounds. And I think what amazes me, right? Like shout out to our team is that they're so invested in our success, right? You can feel 
that this isn't a job for them, that this is really being a part of something greater. And I think to your, your final question, why, why does this matter, right? Why, why do we get up every morning and go to sleep late to run this business? And it really is about making positive impact. It's what can we do every single day to drive positive impact for individuals that want to learn how to sell better, for companies that want to thrive, for small you know, entrepreneurships that say, what am I missing here to really take that next step of growth? And it's not just me running one team or a series of teams at one company. It's me having a hand in so much more. And I've got exciting news to tell you about our first annual charity event. So don't uh, don't let me forget to talk about that. Before I will not let you. I will not let you forget it. But I, I also want to not forget. Happy birthday to mom. It's uh, for oh. the listener. It's 31st of August. So we're recording this like completely the fag end of August. It's it's your mom's birthday in five days. It's your first anniversary. This is an important time. I feel like she's, I feel like she's listening. Ah. You know, oh yeah, my baby Sam. I'm so proud. Um, you know, and, and this is uh, so cool. Like I have got goosebumps just listening oh. to you. Um, you know, when you do good work, it gets noticed and, you know, yeah, we have self-doubt. We have those moments, all of us do. And you're like, oh my gosh, is this a real business? Like I'm actually paying taxes and I'm like spending more than I'm actually earning. What's going to happen? Well, you know, you just got to keep going. And I heard you say, I'm very lucky with the team. Yeah, I also think the harder you work, the luckier you get. Always. And I want to talk to you about your team because you're, you, I, I can't get enough of the fact that you said this. They are so invested in it. So it's very hard. Um, Gary Vaynerchuk talks about it all the time. Don't expect your employees to care about your company as much as you do because it's your yeah. baby. It's not, you know, their. So it sounds like they care as much. So when you hired them and you look for them, so not specific people per se, but someone who's listening, you're like, you know, okay, um, there's a position opened and I want to apply. And it's a small to medium business or whatever it yeah. is where there's a, a strong one-on-one -on -one, uh, contact with the founder. What are some of the things they did right to stand out and work with you? I think, you know, we, number one, we really looked for somebody that just exhibited great intelligence, hustle, and process, right? So again, showing up early for the interview, writing a great application of why they would want to work with us, submitting, you know, a resume that didn't have typos, um, the way that they presented themselves on camera, the things that they talked about. We looked for all of those things that I think most people look for in an interview, but we, because this was so close to, again, my role, it also had to be somebody who really reflected our values our principles of wanting to do better for people. Now, the other thing is that's interesting is that I think we have one person on our team, Catherine, uh, our wonderful director of client success who has sales experience in her background. Nobody else does. Uh, almost nobody has experience doing the things that they are doing for Sam Sales. And so what you have to also keep in mind is that these are people who are still pretty green at their roles, right? From our chief of staff to working sales workshops and things like that. Here's what was different about them. Just absolute intelligence and resourcefulness. So just looking for someone who's smart, right? Who thinks outside of the box, who is passionate. These are the things that we look for too, because frankly, we can teach anybody how to sell. We can teach anybody how to be, you know, organized with a new process if they already have some of that ingrained. So it's just asking them questions, understand, understanding what makes them tick, understanding, you know, what they do when they get in challenging situations and just seeing that potential in somebody and then saying, I'm going to invest in you. And I think that that's also the difference as a leader, right? Kind of going back to the example where I said, my leaders invested in me, I'm really investing in my team. So yeah. teaching them how to do things, making sure I've got the time to teach them how to fish versus just saying, 
go do this instead of go do this and here's why. So you can do it on your own the next time. And I think that that's what makes them so excited about being a part of this. Yeah, wonderful. I, I, I love the fact that you learned something fantastic from a leader or your leaders and you incorporated that into your mm-hmm. own team. So that's so cool. Intelligence, hustle and process, right? Those little things that you want to see. And I, it's funny, um, uh, Sam, you talked about the Swiss and the German side. I don't know. I, I, I feel like I'm more German. If you're on time, you're late. Like oh my gosh. <laughs> like, I- yeah, I'm always that person that gets there 15 minutes early and then just creepily waits in my car outside creepily, of the restaurant. Yeah, because <laughs> yeah, I never want to be late. <laughs> uh, no, it gives me enough time. Wash my hands, use the loo, just calm down. You're sweating, everything's good. But you're like, on time, there is no warm up. You just go straight in. And I, I remember having uh, uh, meetings when I was new in Europe and I was meetings in Dusseldorf. And someone said this. It started at um, 11 o'clock. I was there at 10.59 looking at the watch and giving me these side eyes. I'm like, what's going on? Like I'm on time. And for the yeah. Indian, for the Indian in me, like I was so proud and I'm like, oh, no, no, <laughs> not good enough. Not good enough. So uh, fantastic. We're a little bit all over the place here on how yeah. I got, how I got hired because I want to go back now. Cause I forgot to ask you about LinkedIn. Yeah. Oh, how did you get that role? So I'll tell you, um, the role that I had previously was at a company called On24. And the between the start of my sales career and being at On24, I noticed that I would come up with these ideas of sales tactics and things like that, that um, every time I presented them to somebody, they were like, oh, that's so smart. I never thought to do that. And I was like, really? That seems so obvious to me. Like sending a thank you note after losing a deal, things like that. Yeah. yeah. Then I would have my leaders and then my leaders leaders. So would start to ask me the same thing or give direction. And I'm like, well, why are you in that role? And I'm in this role, right? Should, shouldn't I be the leader if you're asking me for all the advice? But <laughs> I started to think, <laughs> um, I started to think if this is impactful to this organization, I wonder if it can be impactful to others. And so I started to post on LinkedIn. And that's actually where hashtag Sam sales comes from. The very first time I posted on LinkedIn, I was like, well, maybe I'll do this more often than once. I'll add this hashtag. And so it started from there. But what was amazing is that LinkedIn itself as a, as a business, not only was I a huge champion for LinkedIn sales navigator, right? But I was so active on the platform really before the days of true LinkedIn influencers, they caught their attention. And I'll tell you, I remember when somebody reached out and said, it was actually our um, relationship manager that we worked with. And she reached out to Henny uh, and said, hey, would you be interested in coming to give a customer testimonial on behalf of your company for LinkedIn Sales Navigator? You know, you're all over LinkedIn. You talk about the power of the platform. You talk about the power of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. You know, we'd love to have you come and do that. And I'll tell you, I remember when I got asked that, I was like, what? You want me to come and speak on behalf of LinkedIn? Oh my gosh, I'm so in, right? How much do I have to pay you to get to do this? I felt so honored. And so I went and I was sitting on my stool. I was giving my testimonial. I was, I mean, I almost fell off of it. I was so enthusiastic, almost like I'm about to do now. So enthusiastic about what you could do with the technology, the platform, the reach, et cetera. And I remember at the end of it, the team there was like, you have to work here. Yeah. I'm <laughs> like, just- the, the leader was like, she's got to work for us. Like, what is right. she doing there? She's our champion. Like, we, we're not even paying her. And she's like glowing. <laughs> wow. And you got hired. Yeah. I said, never say never. And I, and I, you know what? I'm just realizing this tie together, which is so funny. But um, I said, never say never. I got involved in the hiring process. Um, and I um, I turned I turned down the job. Uh, so I got offered. We There's were a pattern going, here. I know, it's, <laughs> I know. It's 
it's really strange. Um, but I, I uh, was going through the recruitment process. I was getting towards the end and I just felt, um, I thought I was going to get lost at LinkedIn. You know, I remember going into their cafeteria for an interview and I was just overwhelmed by how many people were there. And I'm like, I'll be such a small fish in such a big pond. No one will ever see me for everything that I can do. And so I said, I'm going to pull myself out of the recruitment process. I remember the leader called and said, you know, I, you have to reconsider. And so I did. And so I did. Uh, and then the rest is history. And then I, yeah. and then I was hired. My goodness. So it's not like, um, you know, it's not like it's a strategic move or anything. You're genuinely oh. like, you know, you're genuinely like, oh, this is the wrong move for me. And the person on yeah. the other side, it's like they want you more. <laughs> I, it was a great strategy. It wasn't the intention. Yeah, but it, it was, it was, you know, for anyone even considering going there, it was the the job of a lifetime. Um, yeah. The investment that they make in their people, the benefits you have, the culture, the everything that that company lives and breathes for, you know, makes you want to cry on a daily basis to be so fortunate to be a part of, of what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Because you, you were there a couple of years, Sam. And this is, um, if yeah. I remember, just before hashtag Sam sales became a full-time thing. So what happened in that move? Yeah, so it was, I guess I was there about 19 months. Is that right? Uh, 18, 19 months. But you know what? When I made the transition from there, I got, I think, the opportunity of a lifetime. Um, one of the things that I really focused on while I was a sales leader was building great relationships with our cross-functional partners. And one of those, of course, was marketing. So when I left and I said, I'm going to start this new business, marketing said, well, wait a minute. <laughs> we still need you. Like, we still want you. Like, would you write for our sales blog? Would you be willing to do our marketing videos? I got to be part of a great influencer campaign out in San Francisco, which was so much fun. And um, if Judy Tian ever listens to this, thank you again for hosting me. Um, but, you know, I've always stayed really close to the organization and just feel so, so lucky to still uh, be yeah. a part of the things that they do. Yeah, no, that's awesome. My goodness. Um, what an opportunity just being you, being in front of the camera and genuinely like glowing testimony. Like, I love this platform. And they're like, Ooh, like, <laughs> what are we doing? Not giving her a job. Like, that. Yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And so like accidental, but such a happy accident. Totally. Um, so we're going to change gears now, Sam, because I want to talk to you about sales and how similar the approach is during a job oh. search or a career transition. And I talked to Amy Wallace as well. So I'm very curious to hear your, uh, you know, take on these two analogies. So number one, what are some, you know, parallel tips that you love when you go back to again and again for someone listening today between sales and uh, a job search. And let's talk about show me, you know me um, <laughs> for the listener who can't see because this is an audio podcast, but this is like a, a beautiful uh, photo frame, like literally behind Sam <laughs> right now with the words <laughs> S-M-Y-K-M. So show me, you know me and you know what it means um, when you're reaching out to someone, like especially a cold contact, right? Yeah. And I want to talk to you about like how you have seen this as an application in a real life scenario. Okay. So let's talk about the, your first question. I yeah. think to me, and I bet Amy probably had a similar answer, but to me, relationships are everything. They really are. And, you know, there's the old adage of it's who it's all in who, you know, for getting hired. And I truly do believe that. I think that you have an opportunity throughout your sales career to make these incredible relationships through whatever career you have to make these incredible relationships, to keep up with them, to add value. Right. And if you stay in touch with individuals, right, if you use platforms to post, or if you think of ways to add value to them, 
you are going to be somebody that they think of when there is a job opening. I cannot tell you how many times I get reached out to now to say, do you want to pack up Sam sales and come, you know, lead this organization or be our CRO and everything? And I'm like, I can't. Um, but that still comes because they're like, we'd be lucky to have this guy, right? I'm the first person that comes to mind when they're thinking about this. And I think a job search is no different. Sales is no different either. And I'll tell you on the relationship front, very much like the lunch that I had scheduled with Paul, one of the very first lunches that I had with a chief marketing officer early in my sales career was with a woman named Felice Wagner. So if she ever listens. Um, we went to lunch. I, she's somebody I could sell to. She has a budget. She oversees people. She could buy my technology. I had something to sell her, but I remember taking her to lunch and we only talked about work or not work rather. We only talked about her personal life. I got to know her, hear about her career, et cetera. I built that relationship. And I remember she left and said, I've never gone to lunch with a rep who hasn't had an ulterior motive, right? Like you really cared about me. And I was like, I was so excited to just learn about you. And that's to me, that's somebody we've invested in now, right? That knows a little bit about you, knows your character and will go on not only to buy from you without you asking, right? But we'll go on to refer you because you're different. So I think that same thing applies for both job hunting and for sales, those relationships and taking care of them and not burning bridges is really, really important. Yeah. Now I'll talk about show me, you know me, but you tell me, tell me your thoughts there. No, I, I want to add to that because, uh, you know, when you're when you're at the lunch and you're physically there um, and, you, you know, maybe the head sometimes wanders, right? Yeah. When are we going to get to the point? Like, uh, what's going on? Like, I'm loving all this talk, you know, conversation about her cat and, and the kids and, and, and uh, you know, uh, nannies. When I, so it can happen. And you're like, oh, OK, let's not overthink, Sam. You know, she wants to chat. I will chat. This is, you know, it's the ulterior motive thing feels icky. People yeah. feel used. And don't be that person. I just wanted to remind uh, the listener because it pays off because the other person feels heard. Totally. And I, I think too, as the, as being the buyer on that side of the table, if you are so lucky to go to lunch with a rep that actually cares about you, just think about what you can do for them. Right. So say, okay, enough about me. How can I help you? Tell me about your business. Tell me about your technology. Like, what can I do to be of help to you? Right. Because to get a question like that from a buyer, when you are the AE is like, it's a godsend, right? It's so lovely, but don't underestimate the opportunity to build a relationship with an executive like that and how it can pay off in spades. Like, don't think about chasing what's immediately in front of you. Think about this long road out of you. That lunch probably happened in 2010. Felice and I are still friends. She still sends me business. Um, you know, it's, again, it's paid off and paid off. Wow, and paid off. that's like almost 12 years later and this is a client of yours. So this is fantastic. Uh, yeah. There'll be so many people who give this advice, like, you know, get to the point and, you know, don't waste their time because it's all focused on us. Like the ego yeah. is like, it's me, me, me. And you're like, no, 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 no. And, and, yeah. and what you did, Paid off big time. First of all, hello, 12 years later, shout out to Phillies. And second of all, it's about them. It's about them. It's not about you. And it will Absolutely. become about you later. You just got to have faith in the process. So totally. fantastic. And, and show me you know me. I, I love this concept, right? So I think that this has been on my plate now for, I don't know, seven or eight years as my, my tagline. And it's actually, that's actually how Amy Volus and I got connected because she heard me on a podcast saying this and she was like, this person is my people. I have to meet her immediately. Um, what I love about this is it shows your investment in somebody. You've done your research on them, their vertical, their space, right? Our clients say to us all the time, I wish my reps, I wish the people that serviced our businesses knew our business better. I wish they knew me 
me better. And so this bleeds to me throughout the entire sales cycle, but it starts even with a cold email, right? So if somebody is going to cold email me, I hear a lot of complaints from reps of like, oh, show me, you know me, it's really hard. It's hard to find information on people's profiles. It takes time, I'm lazy, right? I hear all that. If you want to get my attention, you have about a hundred things on my LinkedIn profile that you can show me you know me with and put in the subject line of a cold email, right? So you can say Switzerland plus Nickelodeon game show plus whatever you want. There's so much there. And I will tell you as a pro tip as well, a lot of people have started to put at the bottom of their about section in their LinkedIn profile. If you want to capture my attention with a cold email, use this word in the subject line. And nobody ever does because nobody they're not ever taking- does. They're not taking the time to do it. So just think about that. Learn a little bit about the person, right? Or even let's think about that in a discovery call. How often do I show up not only to discovery calls, but to interviews, to interviews where no one has done their research on me? One of the biggest things that I do for clients is I help them with their final interviews for account executives that they're hiring or sales leaders that they're hiring. They say, this, these are the people we want to hire. Can you do an interview? Give us our, your last check mark. I get on and they say, well, so how long have you been working at Salesforce? And I'm like, I don't work at Salesforce. So they're just my client. And they're like, oh, and then they scramble <laughs> to look at me on LinkedIn. Or they ask me where I'm based. And I'm like, I'm in Washington, D.C. It's on my LinkedIn profile. Oh, my goodness. So just think about that. Who's coming to your call? Who are the players? Where did they work before? Did they work for your clients before, right? I mean, such easy ways to show me you know me. And I'm going to say one more thing. When you get introduced to someone, so if somebody in an organization, let's say that we're working with, this just happened on Friday, a woman named Sam introduced us to a woman named Shannon. And when when I looked at Shannon's profile or when I looked at that email, I have two choices. I can respond immediately and say, here are some times that work for me and can we book that time? Or I can just look at her LinkedIn profile first and I can find something to connect with her on. Maybe even the fact that she's connected to other clients of mine. And I can say, not only does your company already use us and now we get to expand in your line of business, but you also have friends that also use us exponentially increasing my credibility. Oh, and <laughs> people are so lazy, Sam. So I have lazy. to call it out. I have to call I'm it out. Um, um, uh, we have a common connection, Austin Belsack, and he put on LinkedIn oh. today. He put on LinkedIn today. Um, he's got 13. He's also been on my podcast. Yay! Yeah. I, I, love, I love the circle I hang out with. 13,000 pending LinkedIn uh, connection requests. And he said 27 have personalized. Like the last 500. I saw oh, that post and I was the like... last 500. And I think I was writing and then I was like, oh no, I have to get on a call with, with Sam right now. I think for me, it's 1% or it's really, really low. Um, it's not that hard. Like yeah. I literally remember writing to you and like, Sam, show me, you know me. That's your thing. <laughs> I have to talk to you. It was like literally the thing that I, it wasn't months. Like I've been following you for a while, but it wasn't just that. There's so much. And I had another guest on my podcast and he's written the word pineapple at the bottom of his profile. And he's like, if you want to you know, connect with me, I will only con- accept requests. And he's like, no one does that. Nobody <laughs> no has one. read the bottom of the profile. <laughs> they just want to connect and then they oh want to forget. Either forget right. or pitch. It's two extremes. Right. And especially if you, if these are the lazy reps still who, when you don't give them what they want, right. Or they ask you for an introduction or a meeting and you say, I can't right now, they don't even respond. So like, that's the thing. If somebody, if you've sent out cold emails or a connection request or something like that, and someone says, thank you so much for this. I'm not the right person. Now's not the right time, whatever. Don't not respond. They, they did you a favor. They responded to your email and just say, thank you so much for considering, or I'd love to stay in touch anyway. I appreciate it. Think of us down the road, but how many times I say thanks, but no thanks. And no one 
even respond. Blows oh my, my mind. Oh my God. I, I, yeah. um, I put this on a podcast recently where um, um, it was like, people talk about how hard it is, personal branding, et cetera. I, I was like the only one and there was a panel discussion. I was the only one. And I was like, it's never been an easier time to stand out. <laughs> oh my gosh. Like, yeah, We so- have everything on our fingertips. You literally just open the person's profile and they'd be like, oh yeah, I see that you live in DC. Are you somewhere near this neighborhood? Oh, she made, oh, oh yeah, I heard you're on this podcast and nobody does that. So you stand out because the oh. bar is very low. There's a there's such a great quote that I always say in my presentations by Michael Porter, the economist and yes. the Harvard Business School professor. We know yes. him, um, but he talks about it's not being, you know, working a million hours. It's really about the idea of being different. And I think about I always say that I think about 95 percent of sales reps are bad. And sometimes I get people who are like, my Jesus, that's a high number. And I'm like, I think it's right, because there's so many reps who are just lazy, who don't do the right things, but also who just don't know what good looks like. Right. We, we even were, I'm engaging with a rep right now from a very reputable organization who I asked for a quote for a for a client. He sent me a contract instead of the quote. He set it to start for the end of the week because it would help with a smooth transition. And I was like, for who, you or yeah. me? Yeah. And then when I backburnered his contract because he was so aggressive and I gave him some advice, but now, even now sending the contract, he sends it, he sent it through now three times incorrectly and he asked me for time on his calendar today to tell me about some exciting updates of which there were none. And we just basically talked about the same contract that we already agreed to sign. Oh, I'm going to, I'm going to put on my best American accent, <laughs> best American accent, hard pass. <laughs> How millennial. Hard no, as Amy says, that's a hard no. <laughs> Oh my gosh. No, it's it's not, it's not that hard uh, to stand out and win the deal. And like you're saying, there's obviously a bunch of trainers out there for whom, you know, there's 95%. It's working. uh, It's a numbers game. And you know, and I know it's not a numbers game. It's, it's quality. Yeah. You need quantity. Sure. You need a little bit of kissing a few frogs before you get to the prince, but you don't have to kiss uh, only frogs. (laughs) I totally. So talk to me about this charity thing, Sam, what's going on? Oh, yeah. So, okay. Um, This will be our first official announcement. So we are going to do our first annual Sam Sales Charity event. Uh, It's going to happen on November 18th. You guys, this is going to be incredible. So we are, we have lined up almost 20 of the top names in SaaS and sales leadership. So chief revenue officers, VPs of sales, the companies that you kill to demo for, we've got 20 of them that are going to listen to 20 companies who are going to vie for five minute slots to pitch their product and get in front of these people. Every dime that we raise is going to go to charity. We're going to sell $10 tickets or more donations for any AEs that want to watch it go down. But we're really, really excited about this. Um, you know, again, back to the idea of everything that we can do to make positive impact. How else can we make positive impact through charitable giving and through supporting some really incredible organizations? So we're really excited about it. And believe me, we have some unbelievable names with a lot of budget and a lot of headcount that are going to be on the pitch panel for this. Oh my gosh, my inner friend just coming out. La creme de la creme. Yes. That's perfect. Sign up. Okay, awesome. That sounds amazing. So I can't believe Sam, we're coming close to the end because time has flown chatting with you today and you know there's this question Sam I ask all my guests when you look back on your career I mean you're still young you know you got so much ahead um, of you but till now is there any standout defining moment that supercharged your career and helped you to move towards your current success 
Oh, I think um, one of the one of the standout moments for me for a, a ton of reasons was the ver- the very first chief marketing officer I ever met with was a gentleman named Jim Durham. And Jim, after I made a good impression, hopefully on him, said, why don't you do this? Looked at my LinkedIn network. Tell me if there's anybody in there that you want to meet. If there's somebody that I'm connected to that you want to meet, just send them an email. Say that you were a friend of mine and will they take a meeting? The thing that paid off so much about this was number one, just the offer of somebody being able to extend themselves. When you do good work for them, they want to help you. They want to invest in you, right? A light bulb moment went off. This is, again, we're talking 12 years ago. Now, the other thing was relationship selling, right? Who knows who and how can I leverage the people that I have good relationships with to introduce me to others, right? Classic, very easy, very underutilized sales tactic. And I think the final thing that I really learned that's a key differentiator for me and also what's made me so successful as an individual employee and as an entrepreneur is execution. So I have made that same offer to several people. Have they executed? I think I've had one person. And I talk to sales leaders all the time who say, I have extended that same offer and people never follow through. So the importance of executing and frankly, what that means to the person that offered you their network and said, this girl follows through, this guy follows through. I can trust them again with specific things. So um, massive payoff in that one, one tiny instance and all those different lessons. Yeah, you took him up. Firstly, what a generous offer. Like, my who gosh. does that? Take my name and that? tell them, take I need a complete trust with you. And you're like, oh, okay, I'm going to do it. So he I stayed up offered. all night doing that. I yeah, went and, that in that oh, night. <laughs> I, 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 uh, the listener cannot see this. There's a board behind uh, Sam that says the urgent bird gets the worm and you live by your values. Oh my gosh. So no, this yeah. is fantastic. Execute. <laughs> you know, people are, we're surrounded. We're surrounded by uh, people in the, uh, the workplace, politicians, uh, you know, everyone who says they're going to do something and promises delivery, execute, promise totally. what you delivered and deliver what you promised. That makes a huge difference. Fantastic. And do it, quickly. <laughs> and do it urgent. It, yeah. Yeah. Time, time waits for no one. Uh, that's a, that's a great point. And so Sam, someone who's listening today and like, wow, she's so fantastic. I want to learn more about her. And I'm reminding the listener, show me, you know me. Okay. Don't forget this. Uh, you heard this here first, but what is the best way for them to learn about you? Yeah, uh, connect on LinkedIn, please feel free to. There's a follow button on there. If you do connect, make sure you have context on there. Uh, Hop over to our website, samsalesconsulting.com. There are a ton of free resources, including our Friday uh, newsletter that are available to you to teach you everything under the sun. And if you want a little bit more, check out our shorts uh, subscription on our site. I think it's uh, just over $100 for the year and you get access to every latest sales practice and hack that I have and it will supercharge your sales career. A hundred percent. And the newsletter and Sam Sales Shorts, I mean, those are not, you know, sweet little fluffy things. Those are actionable. I've been through them. I binged through a few of them yesterday. Those are actionable oh. tips that are not actually not just for salespeople. There's yeah. wider application across the board. So oh, that is so fantastic. Sam, this has been such a pleasure. Um, and I wish you so much success, both with hashtag Sam Sales and beyond. Thank you so much for having me. So there you have it. I hope you enjoyed listening to the show. And if you did, I'd love for you to do one little thing. Go to Apple Podcasts. So that's podcast.apple.com and leave me a review. This really, really helps the discoverability of the show. 
and can help inspire job seekers out there to find jobs and take care of their families. Can you think of anything more important right now? Hmm? I didn't think so. So thank you so much for listening. Thanks for hanging out with me today. Connect with me on LinkedIn. I'd love to get to know you and what you liked about the show. And, and perhaps if you have ideas, feel free to reach out. So take care of yourself. And until next time, bye for now. Thank you.